Is it Oscar Mayer or Oscar Mayer? Hmm. Was it Life is Like a Box of Chocolates or Life Was Like a Box of Chocolates? Hmm. Is it Baron Stain or Baron Steen? Which I, do you remember? I wonder. Have you ever heard of the Mandela Effect? From a child born into this world, we are taught what to believe. Close-minded, we become fearful to be deceived. Still, we desire to know what lies beyond that locked door. The art of the storyteller, conjuring tales of legend and lore. History hidden, lost knowledge, things forgotten, and the unknown. These are the things that direct us and will set the tone. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Nightmares on the Lost Highway. Today we got a guest storyteller with us, Alex Tudor. So Alex, if you would, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Alex Tudor. You guys might be familiar with me. I'm the percussionist uh, for Phantom Sam. I helped do the intro. I am a uh, avid studier and philosophy. So I, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the mean, but it's something I've done a lot of research into. None of us are experts. Uh, that, that, I was going to say, that's our intro. We're not experts. <laughs> We're not going to pretend to be experts. <laughs> well, I think today we want to talk about the Mandela Effect a little bit. Uh, the Mandela Effect uh, is also known as uh, the false memory effect, a psychological phenomenon where people recall something that did happen that didn't happen or recall it differently from the way the most everyone else recalls it. It was recently featured in an episode of X-Files. Or was it? Really? No, it was. <laughs> Season 11, <laughs> one of the last episodes of the X-Files, uh, specifically focuses on the Mandela Effect, more or less to explain why, almost to explain continuity errors in their own show more than anything, I think, but to explain why things remember differently. Uh, early work in the Mandela Effect was conducted by psychological pioneers Pierre Genet and Sigmund Freud, and they believe Freud. they. It's huh? my favorite. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Freud. They believe that false memories can be generated by changing the variations of words and, and the inflections and, and the imagery, and so they sort of discounted the idea of the Mandela effect. But as as time progresses, uh, you, you go online. There's an entire website dedicated to the Mandela effect that cites hundreds, if maybe not thousands examples of things that are remembered differently and i will say some of the ones we've we've talked about and we're going to get into them i i would violently oppose the truth of the matter in the way i believed it was i think that's the big catch is that even if you don't know that it exists you're willing to fight for the belief in it yeah, <laughs> without knowing that, that it is exists. absolutely wrong that is not the way i remember it yeah well just to kind of give a little more background and then we'll kind of dig a little deeper uh, Mandela Effect is obviously named for a specific event, which is the death of Nelson Mandela. Uh, many people believe that he had died in the 80s in prison. Um, just that, that seems to be the, the number one item when you, obviously when you research Mandela Effect, that's going to be the first one that pops up. He lived until 2013, and he passed away a free man outside of, outside of prison. And as a kid growing up in the 80s as a teenager, I vividly... I had him in my mind that, you know, he died in prison in the yeah. 80s. See, being a kid in the 80s, I wouldn't have paid attention to things like that. So you were obviously, a young whippersnapper. Yeah, I was a little bit younger. <laughs> now, um, a couple of uh, early works in the field, the, there were experiments that, that to prove that false memories were a thing, that, that you could kind of falsify how the brain works and remembers things. 
There were two different experiments. One of the experiments was the adjectives used to describe an auto accident. Um, they found that if you used a more vivid or more violent sounding adjective, it would actually change the way people perceived the accident when they would recount it themselves. Uh, uh, if they said, you know, these two cars were speeding towards each other instead of approaching each other, people would remember it as being faster. Right, right. Uh, also, with the second experiment, they would recount details later on. They'd be like, oh, do you remember the shattered glass? And even though there was no shattered glass, people would remember shattered glass if they were asked about it. Oh, you associate that with the car accident. Sure, and, to goodness, the glass broke. Yeah. Even today, I, I, they, they talk about observation things. There's a video that kind of circulates where there's some people playing basketball, and then sort of halfway through the video, a man in a gorilla suit walks through just casually. And a lot of people won't see the gorilla the first time around. So when they say, hey, what was in the video? What stood out to you? You know, a lot of people talk about people playing basketball, and then somebody will point out, well, there was a guy in a gorilla suit. <laughs> and half the people in the room typically do not see the guy in the gorilla suit. Wow. So okay. it's another example of, of how your mind sort of plays tricks on you. But the Mandela effect, if, if you start looking at it in, in a little more detail, and that's why we've got Alex with us here today, dun, dun. You, you, hey, start hey. To, you start to get into some, maybe we're crossing some borders here. Maybe we're crossing some lines. To, it's a little more than just false memory. So, Alex? I, I'd, I'd say I have to do with, um, I don't want to get too deep into it quite off the bat. I want to talk more about Mandela effect right off. But uh, kind of an overlaps of timelines or parallel universes or time paradox is kind of what I would say. Um, because if it's a false memory, but someone truly believes it, who's to say that, that it didn't happen to that person? Maybe in an alternate timeline, Jason Mandela, is it Jason? No. No. Nelson. 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 My bad. I wasn't born <laughs> in that time frame, so I'm not familiar with this character. It's all right. You're a little um, young. I know the last Extremely name. young whippersnapper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mandela, if he dies in prison, maybe he died in prison in an alternate timeline, and that person's from that timeline. And maybe it's not a false memory, but an actual memory of theirs, but they've somehow, because of time travel, if you believe in that, you can then loop holes. This is like the whole DC universe with comics, exactly. multiple universes, uh, You change Trek one little and... thing. I just want to go back and change one little thing, and then a thousand other things change because of that one choice. One of the, the explanations for the Mandela thing that I specifically found, which does involve time travel, was that... You know, maybe maybe you were sitting there watching TV in the 80s, kind of minding your own business, and maybe somehow you were pushed just a hair forward in time. And so you were watching TV and you saw Mandela's funeral from 2013, but you were you were in the 80s at the time. You know, like you you remember yourself being in the 80s. You remember seeing this on TV and then somehow you slid back. Hmm. And so in your own mind, yeah, you saw Nelson Mandela's funeral in the 80s. But you know you're in the 80s. Or you, you assume, knew you were in the 80s. You assumed but maybe, you were in the 80s. Yeah, assumed yeah. you were in the 80s, but actually you were in the future. Yes, I can see that. Um, but that was sort of one of the, the, for that one in particular. Now, there's a lot of Mandela effect items that we can talk about later on that, that have other, maybe more mundane explanations. But then there, there are some that are pretty significant that are hard to, to discount. So. I think the main one is the Bearstein Bears. Berenstein Bears. Well, see, as far as I know, I'm remembering it incorrectly because I believe Berenstein is proper, but I don't ever call. I've I never called them the Berenstein Bears. I can't even remember anybody saying the Berenstein Bears. No, I remember it vividly as Berenstein yeah. Bears. Stain. And who wants a stain? You bear? could chalk I it mean, up you know, just to on. being like a typo or like you know a lapse of memory and how it was spelled. But I again, I don't remember anyone ever pronouncing it that way. Now it could just be because of where you're from. You know, if Could everyone be. in the area 
calls it that, maybe, you know, but I don't remember if the show had a theme song and ever mentioned the name or not. I wonder, like, maybe somewhere at some time during an advertisement, maybe somebody misspelt it at one time, you know, and then quick quickly corrected it but i mean I, I i very vividly it was when you guys mentioned that it's like no it's not berenstain yeah <laughs> what are you guys talking about you're wrong yeah and, that, and that's me growing up i don't remember a berenstain at all i don't ever remember calling him that the one star wars fan remembers revenge of the jedi not return of the jedi and he never went and watched star wars but he saw the one trailer for revenge of the jedi and so that was what he but there was proof like to my point that, that was, was proof I mean, there of was that proof that there exists was yeah revenge of the jedi figures, was a thing movie posters was even put i, out, I can't know, find and, and, and i guess that's the weird thing about the mandela effect is even though i vividly remember it i cannot find anywhere on the internet of any sort of you know i guess trustworthy source that hasn't been obviously photoshopped to prove that it was not the Berenstein Bears. Yeah. And there's another one. Actually, we were talking about this a couple of weeks back, getting ready for the for the podcast. And, and uh, Tom Hanks in the movie, you know, Forrest Gump. Life was like a box of chocolates. No, life is like a box of chocolates. I just think that's a misquote, though. And see, again, like I said, there, there are a lot of examples that you can kind of downplay. Life is, life was. I mean... If you're not really listening, you're not and, really paying attention. And looking back on that, I mean, obviously he's a grown man and he's referring to his past. So I can get that life was like a box of chocolates because he's talking about his past history stories. Mm-hmm. But I, I always remember that as, you know, life. He's sitting there on the park bench and life is like a box of chocolates. Or uh, go back to Star Wars again for a second. Luke, I am your father. Yeah. See, everybody remembers that one, but I know that it's, no, no, I am your father. Yes. I am your father. Luke, I am your father. Because he goes, Obi-Wan never told you about your father, did he? I just remember Vader going... He told me enough. He told me you killed him. I remember Vader going, (laughs) no! No. (laughs) That's the wrong movie. That's why. (laughs) Strike that. We try to to ignore Vader yelling. (laughs) Most horrible scene ever. There's a lot to it, but at the same time, a lot of people just knock it off as like, oh, it's it's someone who just recalled the wrong memory. Or, hey, it's a misquote, or, hey, someone misread it or mispronounced it this entire time, and everyone around you's done it. And it could be that, but a lot of them get kind of weird. I like to think about it, um, again, like time travel. If time travel exists, and it probably does somewhere in the future, if someone in the future comes in the, in the past and he changes a slight thing, what happens if it causes like a glitch in the timeline? That and that's riff. what causes the Mandela effect to exist to begin with. Well, I think, in, like I said, we can sit here and we can, you know, quote examples, but I think we need to look into sort of what's underneath. You know, when we're talking about time travel, we're talking about alternate dimensions and different timelines. So uh, let, let's kind of kind of touch on that a little bit. Let's, All right. Okay. Uh, one of the the theories that I had heard somewhere along the lines was. You know, if you looked at timelines or, or, or no, alternate universes, you look at like alternate universes as like bubbles, soap bubbles, and where they kind of touch each other, you know, when they split apart, maybe one takes a little something from the other one. So where you had Berenstein, Bear, in your history, you know, these, these alternate dimensions, these alternate universes kind of buddy up against each other for a second, and when they separate, you pull Berenstein Bears into your reality, even though you never remembered it that way. And then they're analogy. Yeah, you know, you're pulling you're pulling whatever it was in their universe into our universe. So for me, um, I'm I'm a huge Matrix theory believer. So um, my thing is, uh, if you go through and you get into it, um, you if you log off the server and you log back on a server, you don't always connect from the same IP at the same time. 
So theoretically, you could log back in and be in an alternate timeline. Or if you, you don't want to go that route, time travel could happen to you while you're asleep. And you could accidentally end in a parallel universe without you even being. Now, you talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and that was that, that was of interest. It really grabbed my attention. Yeah. I like the idea of that one. For me, I I, I, yeah, I, I really like Matrix Theory. Um, we got further into that where they have done DNA on the Helix. They went through and they've done quantum physics as well. And they've proven there's binary code inside the DNA. That, to me, is what sold me immediately. Like, okay, so... Let's think about how many different kind of simulations go on in a day-to-day environment. Facebook is technically a simulation. It's a fake place that people come and they advertise and talk to each other. It's its own world. Or if you want to do something simple, like how many people play The Sims or Neopets or got a Tamagotchi from back in the day? If we're in the Matrix, and I think I said this last time we talked about this, it's yet another video game that I'm not any good at. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm failing. (laughs) You know, you watch a movie like The Matrix, and it seems pretty far-fetched, but then again, there's been a lot of talk lately of, you know, are we living in a simulation? And if we were, would we want to know? I mean, I think it would be mass chaos if you could prove it, because if if we knew that nothing we did mattered in the end. Well, to the Matrix aspect a little bit, I know growing up when I was much younger, deja vu. You know, kind of, kind of yeah. similar. Um, well, and they specifically, that's a, yeah, they specifically cite that's a glitch, that's a glitch in the, in the Matrix. Matrix. Yes. Uh, I can't tell you, again, as a child, how many times that would happen. I would have almost like a weekly occurrence. And then as I've grown older, maybe I've accepted the Matrix as it is. And my, my brain's more programmed to accept it, if you will. But, you know, deja vu is kind of one of those deals. And, and most people, I think, if, if they're honest, they've had that happen. You'll walk into maybe like a, a bookshop or a store, and you've never been there. But yet, all of a sudden, it clicks, and you're like, oh, if I go around this hallway, down this way, make a right, that's one of the books I'm looking for. And sure enough, you, you go down there, and you're like, what just happened? You know, wow, I, I haven't been here before, but I have been here before. This happened to me a lot as a kid. James pushed me further towards this, believes. Um, I would have a dream, and it would be so real, I can memorize everything that happened, and then it would be a year or two later. It was never, like, recent. But a year or two later, that exact same dream would happen, and I'd have deja vu the entire time. I knew exactly what was going to be said, where everything was going, and it's a really very odd experience. But then again, you also have, like, how long have psychics been around? Yeah. What if those people just had that same kind of power and just were able to, I mean, I know a lot of people knock them off again, like Mandela Effect, oh, it's just that. Okay, but what if a couple of those are real? Of course, there's going to be some outliers that are fakes, so you wouldn't believe in it. Because that's what the system does. It has enough outliers so that you can't prove that you're in a simulation, but you can't not prove you're in a simulation. But since you cannot not prove you're in a simulation, we know how many simulations there could be. If there's only one real one and there's a billion simulations, what are the odds of being in the real one? It's mind very, like very, said, these very are things small. that are almost above my pay grade. <laughs> no, like you know, we we talk about all the different examples of the Mandela effect and and. Yeah, like what is real and what isn't, you know. Uh, let, let's say, okay, here's another one. You know, you, you were talking about like some of them make sense and some of them can be explained. Louis Anderson, the comedian, hosted the Family Feud. There are people that remember that he has died. Louis Anderson, really? as far as I know, is alive and well. Yeah. But if you look at the hosts of the Family Feud, most of them do die young or tragically. So it's even can, been considered a cursed show. You can kind of understand where in a scenario like that, like maybe people just assume that Louis Anderson died because he was the host of that he show. He signed up to be the host of that. Oh, poor guy. He's yeah. gone. Yeah. 
But, and again, like I said, some of these you can kind of dismiss a little bit with logic like that. And I think that's kind of what tears the Mandela effect down. But, but like you said, there's thousands of, of these. Well, and if only one of them's true. And, and I can understand. Then it means the other ones yeah. have a possibility to be as true as well. One of us might have a glitch, if you will, or remember something differently. But what is unique to me about the, the, the Mandela effect is some of these examples, we're not talking like I remember it this way hundreds of thousands of people remember it this way it's not you know a, a case by case yeah they're instance. usually not uh isolated to just one or two people yeah yeah i mean that's what makes it so unique that you can go online like like bill said and, and literally you can get like a top 10 top 20 top 100 and they're everywhere it, they're everywhere and it's well, not just a handful of people and I, I think another possible facet of this that we talked about last time was was i mentioned the tulpa which is like a thought form uh here the definition from wikipedia is a concept in mysticism and the paranormal of a being or object which is created through spiritual or mental power, and and maybe if like enough, yep. maybe if enough people believed that you, something you was a certain power. way, you, the human brain is a very odd thing, and humans have not even begun to understand part of it, and we don't even use our that, full brain. It goes back to the whole mind over matter. You know, yeah. people uh, who have been tragically sick or ill. There's the belief that if you wish yourself or believe yourself better you will get better the other thing i i would point out would be like again same parallel time universe and sometimes they overlap what if your uh ghosts or extraterrestrial beings the reason why some people can see them and other people can't or they have to be captured on camera is because that's part of the time overlap some people i mean they obviously call them sensitives but they're able to see the other timelines lap over yeah well i know as someone who like you know, I've always had a fascination with these things, and I know like some of the the new the new way of thinking about UFO encounters is that they're not creatures from another planet. They haven't traveled all this way just to grab some redneck off a farm and put a probe up his butt. Anal probing. But they are uh, either one, they're time travelers. They're us from the future, trying to you know coming back for whatever reason, or they're us from another dimension. They're crossing over from another dimension, another parallel universe or timeline or, or however you want to define that. So even even things like that can be explained using, you know, we're talking about the Matrix effect or, or whatever. You know, so Mandela effect really reaches into some really, I mean, you can, you can go pretty far afield talking about this. Well, if Back to the Future taught me nothing else, is when you travel back, you don't mess with it. Don't mess with history because there's there's ripples that's going to take place. No, no. See, you got to use Avengers timeline logic, which is you can't change your current timeline. You can change somebody else's. Oh, okay, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, <laughs> which then causes the Mandela effect. But yeah. that's fine because then the humans will just argue about yeah. like who did what first and yeah. who was what. You know, you can't go back and kill John Connor before he was born. It doesn't change well, anything. Terminator. Now we're talking Terminator. <laughs> I wanted to go back to Alex had brought up and uh, like when you go to sleep. And you mentioned that you log in mm -hmm. basically a different IP. You had mentioned, you know, like you, you have a, a busy day, you go to sleep. And then when you awaken, you know, what happens to you when you sleep? You obviously go into REM, rapid eye movement sleep. And some believe disconnect, some maybe believe connect in a different way. And then to your point, I think you'd mentioned like when you wake up, you connect back up to the Internet, if you will, of the world with a different IP address. So you would have kind of a different way to look at things maybe and. I thought that was that was really a unique way. I, I had never heard that, but that kind of stuck with me. That made sense. For me, um, again, I, I, I've been a Matrix believer now probably probably two or three years. Um, again, what really sold me was the, the binary code in, in the Helix. Like, all right, 
Now, it's not quite binary. We haven't figured it out, but it's a bunch of zeros and ones. It's a different language. But they, I, I think, to, okay, if the atoms are structured in this kind of code, okay, so then if we can figure the code out, then we can unlock entirely new realms of science, and we can then force the system and game to play the way we want it to. That unlocks entirely new possibilities. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll ever get there anytime soon. That's way too far, and we don't have the technology to do that. But I've, I, after I, I saw that, I was like, okay, I, I felt like there, and you, know, you have good days and you have bad days. Sometimes you log on or wake up and you just feel good for no apparent reason. Nothing magnificent happened to you, or you might feel really bad. Nothing bad has happened to you. Those feeling good days get fewer and far between the older you get, by the way. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> as the oldest one here, yes. I, you I mentioned that, that you had less and less deja vu. I also, I think comes down to it. As a child, I feel like children are more susceptible. If you look at like ghost encounters Open-minded. or. Open-minded. Yeah. They, I, now, I do know their mind plays tricks on them because they don't understand everything, but since they're more open, they're able to see and hear things or interact with things that other people can't because we've all got blinders on. You have to get to the work day. Often we're taught that that's wrong. Yes. We shouldn't do that. Um, you know, so we begin to kind of shape and mold our minds and our way of thinking that, you know, disregard that. I know for many years, similar but kind of off the subject, we talked about dreams. I, uh, I had super vivid dreams myself. But what was really weird, all the way up to probably my mid-20s, I would have a reoccurring dream at the same location with the same people. And there was a part of me that I, I never fully understood it, but it seemed so real to me. I literally got maps out and was trying to figure out where this was because I wanted to visit it. I, I would show up, and it was a very rural farm, long uh, driveway leading up to this uh, single-level house. Uh, kind of a tractor in the barn off to the side, tire swing hanging, very Americana, you know, type of deal, hay barns. But this was like I was visiting family, ancestors. And I would get to the house. I would always kind of go through the garage up into the kitchen. There was an older lady there, and she would always be, like, baking something or cooking. If I got there at different times of the day, she'd oh, I just, you know, she'd call me by name. I just made breakfast, you know, have a seat. Or, hey, I just made these fresh cookies and I imagined her it felt so much like family like it was a grandmother possibly a great great grandmother but I have to say it was modernistic I mean it seemed like the present day and then there would be an older man that would usually come in out of the field or he was out in the working on the tractor or whatever and he was very much a grandfather figure and it got to the point where I would revisit this dream so many times but I would awaken and not have the answers so I would like, okay, now the next time when I go into this dream, I remember there was pictures hung on the wall. So I literally, in the dream, when this little old lady would go to the kitchen to get me some cookies or apple pie, I would like you know, sneak up out of my chair and go over and try to get to the wall to see the pictures, see if I could recognize any of them. And it, they would always be like blurry, where I couldn't make out the image. It was like, ah, oh, darn it, that didn't work. So the next time I would go in and be like, I remember there was some mail sitting on the kitchen table. I'm going to look at the address on it, see if I can get a name. And it's all blurred. And there was always some reason, like she would come in and pick up the mail mm-hmm. right as I was going to reach it, or it would be blurry. Well, or... I had always read that you couldn't read in a, in a dream, and that's how you knew the dream wasn't real. Oh. Because your mind can't process Fine that detail. kind of symbolism when you're in that, that level of unconsciousness. Now, I don't know what 
what I was connected to or what IP address I was using for that. But I thought that was so odd. I had no fear whatsoever. I felt very much at home. Um, but I mean, there was no doubt it was family of some sort. And again, it was, it was the same modern day. I bet literally I had that dream 40 or 50 times in my life, slightly different variations each time. Well, see, I have a, a common place that I tend to, to dream about. I don't want to say it happens all the time, maybe once a year, but it's a bookstore. And I find myself in the same bookstore on a, on a regular basis. And I know the layout, and it's kind of a modern store, like a Barnes & Noble type thing. But, yeah, it, it's sort of a recurrent location. If not, like, it's not a recurring dream. It's not the same dream, but I find myself in the same place. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's our safe Maybe haven. Or, um, yeah, like, uh, I've only had like, the same dream like twice. So I'm uh, an anomaly here. Like, I that's, normally, that's a new one for you? Yeah, yeah. If we're using like Matrix Theory, like maybe that's where like a... Uh... Maybe it's just a different timeline we're plugging into or something. Yeah, I mean, it could be a thing when you like, if you want to go on that, you know, dream state's very weird. People get to see and hear things. We've already, you guys already discussed this on the podcast. People, you know, uh, you're uh, Florida Frankenstein. Not oh, any spoilers, yeah. but hey, there's one, you know, like I had this dream and then I, I then shaped my life compared to this dream because I, I was told this in a dream. And that has happened throughout humankind for generations. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know. Some of the uh, best inventors said that, that their inventions came to them in, like, dreams and stuff. They'd wake up real quick and sketch out stuff. And, and I will say, not all of them are just straight dreams, because sometimes they do involve... But what I think is kind of weird, a lot of the inventors, especially modern tech-wise, they involve psychedelic plus a dream. But the, the other, other really odd one reoccurring is, uh, like, DMT uh, patients they do for, like, PTSD. And the thing they talk about as they go in, they meet these people. They have no idea where they're at. They're trying to figure out what's going on. But there's like a sense of like, I'm supposed to be here. And this thing's trying to communicate to you. But then it's like, you don't have enough time. And then you're back into the real world. And so they constantly keep going back to get more and more. But the problem is, the, the more and more times you visit the same dream state, the less and less you'll start to remember it. It's like a self-protective situation, I guess. Like That's why I think a defense system. the time up that you're allowed there kind of deal. Yes. So the more and more time you spend there, the less and less you're going to remember the details of it. So you take a simple question of, is it Berenstain or Berenstain? <laughs> look and where we've went. You, like I said, you, you follow this little rabbit hole and you can end up talking about all kinds of things. You know, I, I, like, I've got some notes here, but, you know, they don't even really touch on anything that we're talking about. <laughs> you know, like I said, I, I, I look at some examples, like myself, I've been dealing with this, my own Mandela effect thing for a while now. And I've, I've talked to Eric about this before. As a kid, I, I used to read these books about the unexplained and monsters and, and whatnot. And I know that I've seen a photograph of a Thunderbird. Uh, from the Old West days, there's probably like a dozen cowboys have this thing spread out. And it looks like a, a pteranodon, a pterodactyl. Yep. You know, when we look at the fossil record, it's got the membranous wings and the weird head crest and all that. It looks like a pterodactyl. Now, in how the big picture. do you remember this compared to the, the cowboys? Well, I, I remember them standing, you know, in a line. So you've got 10, 12 guys standing in a row with this thing stretched out. Okay. And, you know, one 20, guy at either 20, end. 20, 30 foot length wingspan. Pretty, pretty significant sized bird or, you know, creature. Yeah. Now, I have even found on the internet where people swear up and down they've seen this photo. Now, I, now mind you, I don't remember seeing a physical photo but i remember seeing like a picture in a book right but there's argument on the internet that this photo doesn't exist that there's only an artist rendering now i remember seeing a photo as a kid in a book 
So this is my own like little Mandela effect, but obviously it doesn't just affect me. Because like I said, I found it on the internet right. now. And again, that's why I said that seems to be a unique characteristic about the Mandela effect. Is this, We're not talking, hey, Bill, who lives in Missouri, had this one event, but other people remember it. So you're getting... It's a global phenomenon. To it. Yeah, I mean, you're giving power to it. And again, like, let's say Tulpa. Did I create it through my own thoughts? You know, it's something I've thought about, so maybe I stumbled upon it. Or, or you know, maybe, I mean, legitimately, there are probably other people who, who believe they've seen this photo and they haven't seen it. I mean, I have vivid memories as as being a child seeing a picture of this thing in a book, and now I can't find on the internet anywhere. And you would think it would be on the internet. I mean, no, if it's going to be out there, goodness. surely. Yeah. But again, is that could that be because you remember that and you've shared the story? Does some of the people that hear you sharing that story then take credence in what you're saying, and so then they believe? Maybe they don't remember seeing it, but again, wires get crossed, signals get mixed. And so somebody mentions, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with that photo. I've heard it before. And they think they're they're given more power to it. They're given more credence to it. I I don't know. You could. I I like to think that it's kind of like Santa and the Tooth Fairy. As long as someone keeps believing it, this thing will exist. It's an idea. You can't kill an idea as long as someone believes in it. I'm going to say this. And, and I say this. Do you still believe in Santa? Full-grown adult human being. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. 42 years on this planet. Uh Uh-oh. As a child... I remember, this is a memory, it's in my brain. This is It's there. I follow, I follow. As a child, maybe five, six years old, my parents were still married, so I had to be very young. Uh, we were standing in the front yard on Christmas Eve in front of our trailer. I could give you almost the address of where we lived, but it was in, in well, in the area known as Buckhorn now here in Missouri. My dad was talking to our next door neighbor, who's I was friends with his son, and I remember looking into the sky and seeing something I couldn't explain fly overhead. As a child, you chalk that up to being Santa Claus. The magic of Christmas. And I still tell my kids that story. Say, hey, I, I saw Santa Claus. Now, what did I really see? I, I don't know. But I just, I felt like that was, that was kind of a good place to share that story. Well, yeah, we're yeah talking about I completely agree. And, and as a kid, I believed that. And like you said, if, if enough people believe, and, you know, we it, go back to you the You manifest Tulpa, and the it becomes form. real. Yeah, if enough people believe, maybe that's enough. Going back to that uh, iconic X-Files, that poster on the door, I want to believe. Yeah. You know. And, you know, again, as a kid, we're not we're not stripped down of what's right and wrong yet. Our minds are still open to a lot of things. And, and you want to see it. You want to believe it. And maybe, Alex had brought up, maybe as a child or psychic, some, you know, contain it even as adults, maybe some people are able to see through the veils to the other dimensions or timelines. And maybe there was something there, yeah. you know? And I feel like a lot of people, um, especially with the new the new phase of mental health, I feel really bad for the schizophrenics of the world. I really do. I'm not entirely sure they're completely crazy. I think that maybe their brain's wired differently or they have a different chemical that allows them to see that stuff. The shadow people that they see, maybe they're just people in alternate timelines and they're just sensitive to it and they, and they see them and they are actually there because it's a crossover. We just don't recognize yeah. it and they don't recognize us that person has the gift slash curse of being able to see that and then they get admitted you know and basically just trained and given drugs to try to counteract something that's just could have been 
a special. You're not uh, supposed to believe in that, so we're going to sedate yeah. you so much that uh, you who's don't to say that's that. right or wrong? Like, okay, if maybe if the person can see it, maybe you can interact with the time traveler or other extraterrestrial being. Maybe we can unlock further. I don't know. We won't know until we try. Well, that goes. You know, one of the the main one of the theories, of course, obviously we've talked about is alternate realities, alternate universes, and it's one of those things that we can't we can't disprove it. You know, it's one of, and it's one of those like just because you can't prove it, just because you can't disprove it doesn't mean it's true. But, Correct. Right. You know, it's one You're of those somewhere things, hung in the the Bermuda Triangle, and, so and to speak. Limbo. There's been you know scientist like science has come a long way, and and especially like with quantum computing and things like that. There's a, a theory the the they talk about quantum entanglement, where like two particles behave as one, no matter how far apart they may be, and so that how blows far my apart, mind. You know, are we talking? different timelines different universes where things Light are the years. same well i'm saying you know when we measure distance we're looking at it in a mundane like yes. from point a to b but but what is that like across timelines and maybe that same particle maybe maybe right now and in, in some more some other timeline there, there's me and you and alex sitting here having this con- or a very similar conversation but instead of the mandela effect they call it the jim carrey effect or whatever <laughs> you know and, and they've got some other memory that prompts them to 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 have this particular to conversation it yeah well alex touched on shadow people mm-hmm. and i think that's one thing i've kind of stumbled across as a belief that could kind of to, to play into the mandela effect or cross parallel universes if you will and, and i i'll share a personal story um as we did our little introductions when we started the podcast i'm a amateur ghost hunter and on one trip uh, a good friend of mine mark wilson and uh, myself and my wife we went up and stayed in st louis missouri at uh, the Limp Mansion. Uh, it's actually one of the considered most haunted spots in America. Yeah. Um, and we were downstairs in the bars after hours, which you're allowed free reign of the area if you're staying there in one of the rooms. And we caught on camera a, uh, a short shadow person. And I remember it very well. Um, again, the shadow people, they seem to all be short. I don't know. They're, That's in weird. that parallel universe, it's, it's against the law. I guess to be tall. I don't. Or know. maybe the average human height or whatever they are is just lower. But this shadow person we caught on the camera. Again, we did not see it in real life. We could only catch it on the camera. But we both commented that we felt something. Like we, we there was a reason why we pointed the camera in that direction and not knowing what we would catch. But in the lower area of the bar there at the Lint Mansion in St. Louis, there's several pool tables. There's kind of a little gaming area as well as the restaurant and this shadow person probably how four foot tall kind of more than a walk a fast trot kind of goes behind a couple of the pool tables and then there's a flight of steps that go up and leads to a sidewalk exterior door and we remember on the camera it just kind of zipped through it did kind of turn its head and look towards us like it acknowledged us and then i won't say went up the steps it like went through the steps and then just vanish and see maybe whatever timeline or, or alternate universe you know maybe it had the same experience it could feel that there was something there yeah, and it, starts and it felt over uncomfortable there and just wanted to leave and maybe didn't see it yeah. but felt something yeah that's a good point maybe it was scared of you maybe it could have, I, you can see why that brings up a, a really cool conversation so like if you were a time traveler like let's say you're from the year i don't know 3030 and you come back to the year 2020 and then someone notices you and they're not supposed to like acknowledge you and you're not supposed to talk to people because then you can change everything, but you run into it and have to have an interaction with that person. So if you are the random alien that, you know, you know, you just step through the teleporter and you end up on this guy's farm 
and this crazy, you know, hickabilly is looking at me with a shotgun. <laughs> How do you interact with this guy? Like, uh, to it's, make it it's, worse, this guy pointed a camera. Oh my gosh, you got a picture of me. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of a lot of pictures of supposed time travelers if you look online. Yeah. There was a uh, one at JFK when JFK was shot. There's supposed to be, uh, I believe, a woman that shows up that doesn't look like she's in the right spot. Uh, there's a guy. And I think this one may have been poked, uh, picked apart a little bit, but the one that shows a guy on a cell phone. Yep, like, yes. that's the classic one. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he's carrying on the backpack cell phone, which doesn't look out of place because it's a black and white photo, but like to the timeline, those hadn't been invented yet. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say that was like in the 40s, maybe, 1940s kind of picture-esque or something. I don't remember. I do think it got disproved, supposedly. They picked it apart. Supposedly. But, I mean, like, the same thing is that photo exists. Now, was it photoshopped or something? Eh, you know, there's there's always that possibility. Yeah, I mean, anything, everything, and anything can be tampered with. You know, history is wrote by the victors. So, but what else? What else do you guys think could help explain why people remember things differently? Back to the Mandela effect. What's what's the thoughts there? It's well, the Berstein Bears, and that's the only way it is. Everybody else is just <laughs> everyone else wrong. is wrong. Everybody's wrong. <laughs> everybody's wrong. Even crazy, the publisher, crazy people. Well, I mean. We we talk about you know he, he talked about the matrix thing where maybe one day you uh you just wake up in a, in a slightly different version of the reality you're used to like he said me you're you're essentially logging you log in but you log into a different version of the server let's say okay but let me stop you there so does that mean when I went to sleep last night and I woke up today the Bill Weirs that I spoke to last week is a different Bill Weirs than sitting across from me right now. Now that being said, just like IP addresses here, they don't like for most ISPs they reset once a month, so you just don't know when it's going to happen. But are we are we truly going to different planes, or is it like when we're asleep? Maybe we we connect it to your bubble effect, and then when we pull apart, we may be pulling parts of that, and we truly wake up in the same time frame if you will as what we went to sleep what's your thoughts well i i i think i was talking about servers so i, I was thinking more like along the lines of a uh, multiplayer mmo like an online game where everybody's playing at the same time and maybe i'm on this server you're on that server so like the npcs remain the same the scripting is the same the and the npc obviously every character that isn't you in the game except for some of the actual players right but you know maybe you're instancing if you will like you you come into this world that you know and maybe you remember having a conversation with me a month ago and i'm just like nah, i don't remember, I don't remember talking that. about that yeah we didn't have that you conversation. Know, you interacted with a version of me that's that's very similar and has all the same different patch notes memory encoding <laughs> yeah yeah but patch went wrong yeah well, that was that was 3.3 me. This is now 4.5 yeah. me or 2.3 me. A funny me. story I've got to interject here, kind of along the same lines. I hadn't thought about it until this very instance. This podcast, of course, is Nightmares on the Lost Highway. When Bill and I uh, were talking about this you know, months and months back, and it's like, hey, do we really want to do this? And we were thinking, well, what's a good title? And I actually shared with him. Yeah, like you remember this as a radio show. I remember like as a young teenager uh, staying with my grandma and grandpa overnight, and, of course, that was back in the days when you had the radio with the tuners and you could only get certain channels. And it was like some late-night radio talk show, you know, after midnight. And I remembered it was like a female voice, and she was, you know, like saying, you know, here's stories from the Nightmares on the Lost Highway. Well, then we started doing research on it because, you know, obviously I didn't want to take somebody else's title. And there was like 
really nothing yeah. of it. Yeah, no, I looked it up, too, because I, I didn't want to name our podcast the same as something else. Yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, I couldn't find any proof that this had ever existed. But... It, so, like, a month later, I built, you know, and I get to talking, and it's like, I literally guess this kind of came out of a dream to myself that this was supposed to happen. Or, yeah. future self you, you, you lost, okay, so here's my long-winded explanation to this and how I think this works, okay? So, all the Trekkies out there are probably like me. I'm a Star Wars fan, sorry, but um, there's like a utopian universe, like a hive mind, okay? We do have a human central consciousness that we have talked about before, um, I've talked about with you at least, mm -hmm. and everyone shares the same thoughts, and every person around you is just a different iteration of yourself. Kind of the Borg thing. Yeah, very similar. So when you log off, you're not when you go to sleep, you're not really logging off per se, but you're going to the central hive mind. And so you're sharing all this collective information at once, which would allow you to communicate with alternate timelines, if that makes sense. You're talking to different people, different things in your dream, because you're all on the main frame. Everyone is in one server, and then as you wake back up, you go to different regions. And that's where your wires can get crossed, but that's why you can bring things from other alternate timelines into your current timeline. Because you're sharing information with other people. You share with everybody, including people not on the same plane, the same server etc with yourself because it's a collective consciousness whether you want to admit it's there it's there yeah. it exists interesting interesting you so know you you got a glimpse of what we're doing now before we did it wow which one of us is the woman though <laughs> well neither well, one of us sounds very feminine i don't mean to say this but you'd make an ugly woman <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say neither of us sounds overly feminine yeah, I, don't yeah, I don't think i don't think so i don't think so maybe it's a different timeline different host whatever could be i mean but obviously, I mean, literally, this podcast was I apparently birthed out of out of a dream. Uh, kind of weird. It's cool. But yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> Maybe the greatest ideas come to you in your sleep, man. Now, one of the you. things uh, again, it's 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 a little off topic, but uh, I know my father-in-law uh, believed very much in like what he would call dreamwalking or spirit walking, wind walking, and uh, I mean, very Native American Indian beliefs, also some other uh, traditions. But there is that belief that the right person with the trained mind when they go to sleep can actually leave their body. And I believe there's even some war tales of this where the spirit, if you will, whatever you want to call it, would leave the body uh, to go, not necessarily to a different plane, but like if you were traveling long distances to get intelligence, to read maps and stuff at well, war. That's, I mean, that's uh, what they call remote viewing now, I think. Yeah, yeah. The government... Okay. I'm does it say, physically? I'm say the government does it all the time, but you know, hey, they're listening. They be say the government does it all the time. <laughs> um, but I know. I mean, was it the movie uh, "The Men at Stare"? Who's Men who stare at goats? Men who stare at goats. Uh, yeah, a great movie. I mean, that's sort of you know they they say the government does it all the time, and that they actually still have a black ops division that that does that. Well, so. my father-in-law, he, he was in the military, but um, we were taking like a long trip. Uh, going to see family, I think it was in Kentucky or something, and we literally were, you know, cooped up in the same vehicle for like twelve hours. And it's amazing some of the topics you you think you're not going to talk about with your father-in-law <laughs> that comes up. And he he turned, we were kind of got off on this topic, and he turned to me and he goes, "You listen to me, don't be doing that." He said that is dangerous because he said if you leave your body and something happens to your ghost, your spirit, whatever you want to call it, you you won't come back. You, know, you basically die in your sleep. Well, that's sort of the rules of astral projection. Yeah, 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 very similar. But, I mean, it was, again, 
I'm having this talk with my father-in-law, you know, 70-some years old, driving down a highway, and he just turns, and I mean, that's the way he said it to me, and it's like, okay. My father-in-law taught, like, uh, economics and things like that, and those were the conversations he wanted to have, so that's a little more interesting than what I had. Well, my father-in-law was in the Navy, and he talked about going underneath of uh, the United States as far as, like, Colorado and submarines, and uh, he had some interesting stories. Wow. Yeah, that's that's for another podcast. (laughs) I actually, Grandpa actually talked to me about it as well, um, and I researched a little bit of it, and supposedly the Japanese were professionals at doing that, and they'd basically go into the different ships or pilots' dreams and their dream states and then kill them in their sleep, and they would just die in their sleep. Well, I... I don't know if there's any, like, actual cases for that. I mean, people die in their sleep all the time, so I, even if it did happen, it would be like it would show as a physical thing, obviously, and you wouldn't even know that they had done it. It'd be, but it'd be dismissed as a natural phenomenon. Exactly. So I think we've roamed pretty far afield from where we started. <laughs> <laughs> Still interesting so, stuff. Um. So anyway. Anyway, we talked about alternate dimensions. We talked about time travel. We talked about all these different facets of the Mandela effect. We kind of cited some examples. So I guess before we, we wrap this up, does anybody have like a favorite Mandela effect thing they want to just throw out there? Go mm. for it. The life is like a box of chocolates blows my mind. See, like, personally, I've got the Thunderbird photo. So Yeah. I mean, I have I have a lot of different Mandela effects, but the problem is most of mine, because I'm part of the newer generation, are via YouTube and the internet. So I don't even know if they were tampered with to begin with, but I can tell you those <laughs> sites don't exist anymore. So, like, going back, I'm like, no, I, I swear, I, I read this article, I saw this, I remember this vividly, you know, and I had it on a hard drive, I had taken screenshots, those hard drives are now failed, I can't find them, I'll go on the internet and find them, everything is on the internet, right? Check the Wayback Machine, I can't See, find that, any existence of those sites. Unfortunately, maybe we're creating some of our own Mandela effects through that, like you said, those sites don't exist. You know, as someone who's been fascinated with crypto stuff and, and all that, I, I would go through and find pictures, and I used to have a... a a hard drive, or used to, not a hard drive, but like a, a collection of, of pictures on my hard drive of, of different cryptozoological creatures. And to be honest, I don't think I could find any of those pictures again. There was some kind of weird insect creature in a cave in Chile, some weird little demon thing, uh, a giant snake in the Congo. And, and again, I don't think I could find those pictures again if I wanted to. So what's happening there? I mean, do we do we truly find it? We've, we've uh, saved it on a hard drive or disk or whatever, and then... The Matrix police are like, oh, he shouldn't have found that, so I'm going to go back and erase that? Or is it just I mean, our minds thinking? I think, totally I think believing to be honest, I think in my case, you know, my example specifically, it's just the fact that the internet is so... It's too vast. We, we say it's out there forever, and depending on what it is, yeah, it's probably there forever, but I think it's also very fluid. And if it's such a minor thing that nobody cares to, you know, it wasn't worth remembering in the first place, you know? <laughs> It, without a story keeper to keep the story alive, it just dies out. My main one, and it's kind of an oddity one, but mine was, I, I think it was like junior high. I remember going to YouTube, and I found this whole thing where they had posted up videos. Um, I'm a huge World War II buff. Um, they had a bunch of different Nazi science experiments, and they had footage of it. Now, it's very, very rough footage. I don't know how they got it, but supposedly some of the footage survived from the burning of the Third Reich building. This one in particular that I remember seeing, which terrified me, still yet to this day, they basically create zombies. They were able to inject these soldiers that were dead with this kind of like serum, 
and it would actually bring them back to life for like 10 seconds. It was absolutely miserable. They couldn't communicate or anything. They experienced horrid pain, and then they die again. But I remember finding YouTube videos of this, and I remember finding articles on this. This is before Call of Duty did the whole Nazi zombie thing, and I'm like, well, yeah, of course that makes sense. I saw that. Someone else got inspired and did it. Okay, sure, well, whatever. Right now, Vin Diesel's coming out in Bloodshot, you know, based on a comic movie that's exactly that, a dead soldier who's well, awakened. the... Uh... And you have the, the guerrilla warriors, the ape soldiers. There was like very, very little bits of footage of that. It was very rough. I mean, really, if we could do an entire episode if we wanted to, digging into the, the special Nazi projects of World War II that either did or did not exist and, and what they encompassed. Obviously, it gets weird. There's Mengele sci fi stuff. Terrible, horrible experiments. Oh, yes. And that's the stuff we God knew about. Stuff. And then you talk about like the Nazi bell and the, the hollow world theory and, and all that stuff. But, uh,. But yeah, like I said, maybe the internet's just that fluid that we just lose these things. Like you said, without someone to say, okay, this is important enough to keep, it just disappears. Well, in today's society, to, to that fact, you know, our brains can only process so much. And the internet, let's face it, we've all said the statement in just in this roundtable, if it's out there, you'll find it on the internet. The internet is throwing so much information at us at one time. Maybe our brains just simply can't process all of it's it. It's too much. You know, it's oh, too yeah. much at yeah. one time. And There's, then our mind has to deal with it in some way. You know, what is the most important to remember or, or whatever? Not saying that it, we didn't file it away in that back corner someplace of that that snake and chili or, or yeah. whatever, you know. But it just wasn't that important to, to make it to our hot list. Um, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of theories about it, and there's a lot of unexplained. But again, the Mandela effect, I just I think it is amazing. There's definitely something there. I think scientists would probably argue it's, it's more of just the mind processing, um, you know, what you think you it's believe. It's just the inaccuracy of the human mind. And yeah. We're going to remember things however then. we want to remember them. And like I said, you use the right word to describe a car accident and somebody remembers it being an entirely different event. So right. yep. there's a lot of power in words, you know, in the descriptive words. All right. So, well, that concludes another episode of the Mandela Effect on Tales from the Lost Highway. Thanks for joining us, Alex. Thanks for having Appreciate me, guys. Appreciate it. Hope All you enjoyed right. it. I would like to thank uh, Alex Tudor, who has been helping us uh, a lot uh, with our endeavors on this podcast. You can call him our producer at this point, I think. Our producer, electronic recording technician. Um, um, he's uh, the one that's setting up all the mics and the hardware in the background. And then Bill Weirs is going through taking his time to try to clean and edit this up and uh, give us the best possible version that we can present to you folks. want to thank everybody involved with that.